Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And across from me, sitting in his usual seat, sipping some tea, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Welcome to the technology podcast that's out of this world. Okay, then. That, that's going to make no sense to you because you didn't hear what we were talking about immediately before we hit record. At least, I hope you didn't. Yeah, I hope. That's really up to Liz. Let's start this this uh, Applicious episode with a little listener mail. And this listener mail comes from Chris, K-R-I-S. And Chris says, I just wanted to see what you would say about at Jason pranking the Twitter world about the iPad just to get an extra 20,000 followers. Is it immoral or against some code of the Internet? Also, do you still think the iPad is too awkward a form factor or worth buying? Chris. Well, Chris, um, we'll get into what Jason Calacanis, which is that's the person behind at Jason, what he did a little bit later. But first, we're going to talk 
about the iPad, something that everyone has been talking about ever since Apple first unveiled it on, uh, well, it was just two days before we started recording this podcast. That's true. That's true. Um, that would be uh, January 27th, 2010. Yes, a Wednesday. Yep. And a uh, Wednesday. And <laughs> Apple uh, has a tendency to not tell you what's coming up at their announcements, but making this sort of veiled reference uh, with graphics and, and uh, you know, some sort of tagline. Tagline. Uh, basically, they, they come see our latest creation was the tagline, yes. essentially. And uh, had lots of splashy colors on the mm-hmm. uh, the invite. Mm-hmm. And uh, but everybody sort of knew what was going to go on, because uh, for weeks beforehand, if you're tuning in very late and uh, this is all old news to you, uh We'd been talking about the possibility that Apple was going to come out with a tablet computer of some sort. Now, you say weeks, but in reality, we're talking years. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, this is something that's been going on for many years. Okay. So I remember last year, that uh, 2009. in 2009, that uh, there were rumors when Steve Jobs was going to return to Apple because right. he took a medical leave starting in, in the beginning of the year. Uh, there were rumors that when he would return, he would return also with the announcement of this tablet device, which had already been in the, the rumor mill for quite some time at that point. Oh, yeah. So this is more than six months ago. And uh, first of all, Steve Jobs did not appear at the press release that everyone thought he was going to appear in back in June. Um, he remained uh, off stage. And then second of all, uh, there was no mention of the tablet. And then uh, there was another Apple event mentioned, uh, announced for September of 2009. Again, everyone went bonkers thinking that the tablet, this has got to be it. This is when they're going to finally announce this tablet thing, whatever it may be. Uh, but, of course, that was an iPod event. It was all about their iPod line and updates to it. Had nothing to do with the tablet. They made no mention of it. And uh, there were rumors coming out that, okay, well, they're going to announce it sometime in February. Of 2010, uh, at the beginning of 2010, Apple, uh, there were rumors that Apple was going to hold an event at the end of January, and that that would finally be when we hear about the tablet. And as the end of January neared, uh, first it was confirmed that yes, indeed, they were going to hold an event, and then it became pretty much a certainty among most people on the internet that they were in fact going to mention some sort of tablet device. And uh, I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't, just to see what would happen. Yeah, that 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 there is sort of a uh, almost like a just, Schadenfreude thing. Yeah, sort of a letdown that they actually announced what they everyone thought that they were going to yeah. announce. But but it was uh, the <clears throat> iPad that they announced, which uh, some people have referred to as an oversized iPod Touch. I think even even though I am personally skeptical of this device and the usefulness of this device, I think that's not entirely fair. Actually, I think that it is unfair to classify it as a giant iPod Touch. It yes. is definitely more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can see why people would be tempted to call it that because after two years of speculation, I'm pretty sure that any device Apple unveiled, no matter how amazing it was, was bound to disappoint people because after two years, I mean – how can you live up to that kind of anticipation unless it had a direct line to heaven and could make you milkshakes? I'm pretty sure that you were going to be disappointed and on some level, no matter what it did. Okay. Well, since uh, I actually wrote a blog post about this a few okay. days ago, the day of the, its release and uh, – 
before we go further, why don't I, uh, since, since I, uh, since I'm the writer, I can plagiarize myself. Why don't I just tell you what it is and what it can do? Hit me with And it. then we can actually talk about what it means. Sounds good. Okay. So, uh, it's, it's half an inch thin and weighs 1.5 pounds. Um, it's got a 9.7 inch in plane switching IPS backlit LED display. Um, it's got a proprietary Apple design one gigahertz processor that runs a version of the iPhone OS and it can run iPod touch and iPhone applications without modifying them. Although developers can write uh, new versions of those applications that take advantage of the larger screen size. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch movies on it. You can watch TV shows on it. YouTube. It's got the YouTube app so you can watch videos from YouTube on it. You can listen to music and you know, that's a giant iPod touch. It's got, um, yeah, it has an iTunes app on it. Yep. Uh, so that means you can download and listen to, uh, music on I, uh, tunes you and other content mm-hmm. podcasts. Hey, um, you can read eBooks on it. There's an application that they put on there called iBooks that will allow you to read books from a number of different publishers. It's got a very slick interface. Yes. Yes. It looks sort of like bookshelf. Actually, it looks a little bit like delicious library for the Mac. If I you've agree. ever seen that mm-hmm. application. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple has signed deals with publishers including Hachette, uh, HarperCollins, Macmillan, Penguin, and Simon and Schuster. Um, it has built-in Wi-Fi, but uh, and Bluetooth. But if you want 3G connectivity, you have to pay 130 dollars extra for that. And it's uh, it's 802.11n. Yeah, only only Wi-Fi. n. That's I what, didn't know that. That's what it said on the um. Okay. Yeah. Which is actually a a faster and uh, has longer range than the yeah. previous versions. Um, and let's see, there is a dock. If you want it, you can dock it and attach it to your, your, uh, you know, basically set it up so that it functions like a laptop screen in front of you and you can buy a keyboard, although it doesn't come with a keyboard. It's it in form factor. It actually does look very much like the iPod touch because it's got a virtual keyboard on the screen, right? The only button is the one, you know, the round button and I guess the power on off. button. I I do maintain that the, the on screen keyboard is awkward if you're going to do extensive data entry. If you're just typing a couple of notes in or whatever, it's not so bad. Um, otherwise, uh, if I were to own this device, I would probably want the, the keyboard accessory. If I were ever planning on say composing an email longer than two sentences, Mm -hmm. I would probably want that just because, uh, it's, I find it very, Irritating to use on-screen keyboards. I'm just, I'm a very fast typist and it, yeah. it, it's frustrating to get slowed down to that, that level. Well, speaking of productivity, in addition to App Store apps, Apple is offering a version of its iWork software, which includes, uh, pages, which is a word processor, Keynote, which is a, you know, presentation software and numbers, a spreadsheet program, uh, for $9.99 each. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there are three different versions, 16 gigabytes, uh, 32 gigabytes, and 64 gigabytes of space. Uh, they go 499, 599, and $699, and that's for the Wi-Fi only. If you want the 3G, add $130 each on top of that. For, now, yeah. <clears throat> now, the the 3G is only going to – you're going to have to wait you, an extra month. And you also have to pay for an AT&T contract for $30 a month for it's data? not a contract. It's not a it contract? It's non-contract. It's I prepaid. Okay. Prepaid. So you prepay however many months you want. And uh, it's $15 or $14.99 mm-hmm. for up to 250 megabytes of data for a month mm-hmm. or $30, $29.99 for what they're calling unlimited. I'm saying what they're calling unlimited because in, in many of these cases you later find out that what is referred to as unlimited ends up being very, very limited. 
or at least there's a cap, which mm-hmm. means that it's not really unlimited. Um, but I don't know the details behind that. At any rate, it's $30 a month and you do prepay and it's not a contract. Okay. And I also found out today that um, iBooks uses um, the accelerometer built in right. to the device so that you can read books in landscape or portrait mode. Um, but if you were interested in buying books through the online bookstore that Apple has set up with all these publishers, you have to be in the United States because currently the licensing agreements do not permit you to buy stuff outside the United States at this time. Right. But well, and, and we knew that Apple had been – really pushing to make deals with publishers mm-hmm. leading up to this announcement. So this is still early days yet. It may oh, be yeah, that by us. the time these these devices launch that there will be much more uh, comprehensive deals in place. So by the time you buy one of these things or you're able to buy one of these things, that that problem may be solved. We don't know yet. Right, right. Um, and I have a quote for you, Jonathan. Quote me. Because I'm, I'm just waiting to see what you say. I, uh, I'd probably take a good 10-minute break after this. Okay. Um, you're, you're familiar with Nicholas Carr. Yes. The uh, technology uh, writer. Yes. Um, he actually uh, wrote the blog post that inspired our the article that I wrote for the site called Why or, um, How the Apple Google uh, Cloud, Cloud Computer, Computer Will, will Work. work. Um, he, he wrote a, a post for NPR, National Public Radio, on the right. website. Mm-hmm. And I'm here's a quote from it. him. I'm just explaining in case no one else has oh, heard right, it. Oh, right, right, sure. Especially for people who are outside the United States. I'm trying to brace myself. The PC era ended yesterday morning at 10 <gasps> o'clock Pacific time when Steve Jobs stepped onto a San Francisco stage to unveil the iPad, Apple's version of a tablet computer. All right, folks, strap yourselves in. <laughs> I want to have a little bit of discussion with Mr. Carr here. Mr. Carr, I greatly respect you. You are a very intelligent person, probably more intelligent than I am. I'm going to go take a break. Could you give me some more tea while you're out? Um, So before I get into it uh, and and explain exactly how much I disagree with that statement, which is completely – I'll just go ahead and say that. I completely disagree with that statement. Well, he actually softens it. I just wanted to quote him on that one. Excellent. He, but yeah, actually um, go read the post because it really is uh, kind of interesting. Okay. So so I shouldn't just judge the whole thing by that one quote. But I, but I wanted to uh, – to, to That is an example of what a lot of people are saying. Yeah. Because it's, it, there's so much hype behind it. I think it's, I think it's definitely too premature to say that. Um, so here, here are a couple of other things we should add before we I, I really get into it. One, uh, the battery life. Oh, it's supposed to be around 10 life. hours. Yeah, that's um, true. And that's even if you're watching video, according to what they said at the press release, that mm-hmm. you could get 10 hours of video on this thing, which is, I mean, video is a, is a very demanding, uh, application. So, uh, if that's true, that's pretty impressive. I, I, I'm be very surprised to see that. Yeah. Uh, now we have to remember that often the actual battery life tends to be a little different from what the advertised battery life is, but, uh, let's just go ahead and assume that that's, that's true. Um, here are some things it does not have right okay. now mm-hmm. as, as of the recording of this podcast. Now, this could all change by the time it launches. Well, not all of it, but some of it. Um, it, it does not have the ability to multitask. Okay. You can't run multiple applications at the same time. I would argue that alone invalidates Mr. Carr's statement. Well, I, I, I okay. Uh, before we go and, and you, um, jump, since you haven't actually read this, I, I will, uh, I will tell you why he said this. Okay, please do. He said that the tablet, in, in launching the iPad, Apple has created the missing piece of the non-PC segment. That's okay. basically shattered it into all the little pieces now, such as 
uh, on the smaller end, smartphones, smart books, netbooks, and now the tablet in between. So he said, basically, people don't really necessarily need a PC. You will find a, a kind, you will find something in that spectrum that if you want to take your laptop with you, you no longer need something that large. You have something in between a desktop and a smartphone okay. for you to use. That still has me. Okay, cool. Excellent. I just brimming, wanted to clarify. Brimming that. with brimming that with that was uh, his rage. reasoning. I wanted to. Um, I understand that. his reasoning. Uh, first of all, I would argue that one, the tablet form factor is not new. It's been around for years, uh, more than two decades, really, or around two decades, I would say. True. And so, therefore, if something's been around for around twenty years and it has not revolutionized the technology industry, it may very well be that it's not. You know, it's a it's an also ran anyway. Um, because the tablet is neither fish nor fowl. It is not a smartphone. It is not a computer. The tablet, the iPad specifically, cannot really exist as its own standalone computing device. Uh, you can run a lot of little cool apps on it, which are great. And I don't mean to dismiss the apps when I say little cool apps. They do gen- generally tend to be less complex and less demanding than full computer programs, but many of them are incredibly innovative and very useful. Uh, I have apps on my smartphone and I love them. Um, at the same time, I don't confuse them with fully fledged computer applications. Mm-hmm. So you can't run those. You essentially need a computer to sync your iPad to uh, on occasion. So you can't just get away with having the iPad as your primary computing device. Uh, you can't use it to make calls like you can with a smartphone, so you can't have it replace that. Uh, what? Well, now that they've uh, unblocked using VoIP on 3G networks, you could maybe, that just happened yesterday. You can use some VoIP technology. This is true, but I if they, don't with know using the you, Skype application. If you use a pluggable, you know, a, a third-party microphone, I'm just wondering. I'm wondering why would do you it. do it? Why, why would, you, would you do it? Nah, that's a de- that's a better question. Yeah, because. It doesn't like if you happen to have it sitting around, then sure, you can pick it up and make a phone call. But otherwise, I mean, you're not going to carry this thing around with you to to make it's not going to replace a smartphone. And then there's uh, the quality of, even there's the quality of VoIP calls, which. If, if, and as Chris makes his point, uh, I will continue. <laughs> um, so there's no camera yet that might come out on a, on a future edition of the iPad. I bet that will happen. But with no eventually. camera, you can't do things like video conferencing, which to me nope. was seemed crazy because they they showed in the the press release a really cool use of it as a uh, a presentation device. Where they they yeah. showed how how the presentation, the keynote presentation software works on the iPad and mm-hmm. it was legitimately impressive. It looked slick. It was uh intuitive. I thought it was really well done. But if you're going to create something that does something that well, you're suggesting essentially to your audience, hey, this is a great business tool. If you don't put a camera in there where you can do video conferencing, it's not really a great business tool. It's an incomplete business tool. Mm -hmm. Just as I would argue it's an incomplete everything tool. I called it earlier uh, while I was in the office, and I think this, this holds water. I think the iPad is the perfect tool to browse the web if we were talking about Web 1.0. Web 1.0, what I mean by that is it doesn't really ultimately mean anything. It's a marketing term. But but in general, what I mean is the old-style websites where you consumed the uh, the content that was there, 
but you didn't contribute to it. You would go to a website, you would read what was there, and then you would leave. And that's all there was to it. You might go to websites now and watch a couple of videos and leave, and that's all there is to it. But a lot of the websites out there today are what we would refer to as Web 2.0 sites, where contribution and participation is a major factor of browsing. And I argue that the iPad and its on-screen keyboard device is not the most useful if you want to do a lot of contributing while you're on the web. And I don't know about anyone else. I mean, there are probably plenty of people out there who all they do is consume stuff on the web. They don't necessarily participate in discussions or anything like that. For them, this device might be perfect, and I won't argue against that. I think if it works for your lifestyle, great. Buy one. Buy as many as you like. But for people who do lots of con- uh, participation across the web, I think trying to use this as your your main device or even as a supplemental device that you're using while you're like sitting on the couch or whatever will ultimately be frustrating just because it's too hard to input data in, into something that kind of requires two hands. And uh, I mean, when you think about it, you're typing on the same surface that you're looking at. So you're either typing on it by holding it in one hand and using the other hand to peck out words, or you're going to have to put it on your lap or on a tabletop or something and try and type with two hands uh, that way, which is why I argue that you can't really do extensive data entry. That's why I call it the Web 1.0 web browser. Jobs, when he got up there, said that netbooks don't do anything well. They, they do lots of stuff, but they don't do anything well, mm-hmm. including web browsing. I argue that netbooks are superior to the tablet in the web browsing experience simply because it's easier to type stuff in. It may not be as slick an interface, but they're going to be able to do things that you can't do with the tablet or the iPad, I should say. I keep calling it the tablet because that's what we've been calling it for years, but the iPad. Um, That's not to say the iPad's a bad device. I think it looks beautiful. I think the stuff it does, it does pretty well. Um, I think the stuff it doesn't do is pretty damning because there are other devices out on the market that do those things. There's an Android tablet that's in the works that does all the stuff that you think the tablet, the iPad should be able to do. Um, will it be successful? Probably not. I don't think so. I think the iPad, despite all the things that I find wrong with it, is going to be incredibly successful. I also think that 80% of the people who buy one, three months after they buy it, are going to set it down and forget that they have it because it's just not going to be instrumental in their daily lives and it'll just be a cool piece of technology that doesn't get used very much. All right. Now, what I also want to say, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You've heard me rant for like seven, eight minutes straight. Chris actually left uh he um he's brought back arby's so uh <laughs> roast beef tyler would you yeah, like no, a roast no, beef nothing tyler says uh, roast beef. nothing says ipad like a uh, carton of curly fries um well i think i think the funny thing about the ipad is that it's actually about tablet computers in general it's it's more of a niche thing and i think that apple's loaning apple's name and interface to it suddenly makes it a consumer thing where it really probably should have been before, but nobody really wanted to mess with it. I've seen them used in a lot of cases. Um, you know, there are lots and lots of tablets used in the medical industry right now. Sure. And because they're really handy for artists use various kinds yeah. of tablets and architects use various kinds of tablets. There are a lot of many good reasons to use them. Um, and like you said, it hasn't really broken into the consumer market. I think partly because 
as convenient as a tablet is, it's mm-hmm. really convenient if you keep it in your house. Yeah. You know, but it's not necessarily the convenient device that you take with you on the go because it's about the same size as a netbook. It's, it's not as thick as yeah. a netbook. It's not as heavy as a netbook, but you're going to need a bag about the size of a, a netbook bag to carry this thing around in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a protective case so that you don't get any scratches on that screen, that gorgeous screen. You don't want that to get all scratched up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the um, the it's it's just not as portable as what you know, it's not portable enough to be a big enough draw compared to a netbook, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I do think there is a market for this. I think there are people who will think this is really cool and they'll buy one and they'll be very pleased with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people along my line of thought just don't see a place like if I want to watch a movie then I'm going to either watch it on my computer, on my DVD player, or through Roku on my television. Right. Um, or I'll hook up a computer to my TV and watch it that way. Yeah. Uh, but for people who don't have that kind of level of comfort with technology, this is this thing makes sense. Yeah. So it, it might be that the reason why I have so many problems with this is because I am not the target market for this device. Mm-hmm. And And – People who are the target market, they may have nothing but great things to say about it, which that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and um, but I think I think there are other groups that might latch on to the iPad that might not have been in that that other segments of the population. Um, for example, education. It might be an opportunity for uh, schools to get a a computer that they can use in that case. Um, because they're, they're less expensive than other forms of, uh, of laptops. Now, maybe not netbooks. Um, and there are a lot of people who will argue with me on that and say, well, you can get, um, you know, a very cheap notebook for under $400. Um, well, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there are people that might try to adopt it. And, uh, you know, I would, I want to say too that I'm not necessarily in the market to run out and buy an iPad as soon as they hit store shelves, but I would like to mess with it because, um, you know, I, I personally like the OS 10 interface mm-hmm. and I would like to buy something that I could carry with me to, uh, you know, on, on the rare occasions when I do travel. Um, but I don't really want to fork over the money for a, a whole, uh, notebook. And I mostly I'm basically going to try to get on the web and do email. Now, as you pointed out, uh, without any flash right now, at the moment, there is it, there are some limitations to it. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested in looking at it and messing around with it to see if I could use it for that purpose because it is less expensive than a full fledged Apple notebook. Um, and there are other people who would tell me, why don't you just you know get a netbook and make it a Hackintosh? Well, I could probably do that too, except for the whole them locking out the Atom processor thing. Right. Um, well, I, I, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that the It'll be interesting to see how far Apple's marketing can take this because also, there, there is a limit to the market for this, I think, mm-hmm. literally. But mm-hmm. whether or not there's a desire, the desire site of the market, will uh, how, how far they will take it. So the tablet doesn't really compete against netbooks other than the fact that Jobs came out and not said really. netbooks suck. Uh, yeah. You know, essentially, Jobs kind of threw the gauntlet down. But really, the tablet's not in the same space as the netbook, in my opinion. Not really. It's also not really in the same space as e-readers, which is the other device that people have said, you know, is the tablet an e-reader killer? Is it a Kindle killer? 
Um, I would kind of argue that it's not even really in the same space as the tablets that have gone before it and are being marketed alongside it. Well, no, because a lot of the tablets that are marketed beside it and go and and came before it are more of a standalone computing device. Yes, they don't. Mm-hmm. They aren't necessarily as slick and easy to use. They don't have all the features that the iPad has, but they do have the ability to to run multiple processes and yeah. they can run more uh, more fully fledged programs than the iPad can. But uh, that being said, uh, let's get getting back to the whole Kindle thing. Yeah, yeah. I was asked about that. Like, do I think it's uh, trouble for the Kindle? And I think that all depends upon what you're in the market for. If people are in the market for an e-reader, then I think if you compare the two devices and the experience you get between the two devices, things like the battery life and the ease of the e-ink display on your eyes in comparison to a backlit display – those sort of things will end the price because the Kindle's cheaper. Yes, um, will kind of help the Kindle win out. Also, the massive Amazon library helps. Okay, uh, Barnes and Noble, Nook, same sort of thing. You've got the Barnes and Noble store behind that, and the e-ink display, and it's cheaper than the than the uh, iPad. If, however, you're looking for a device that does more than just e-books. Mm-hmm. Then I think the iPad wins out because even though it's more expensive, it's not prohibitively expensive. Yes, you know it's 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 maybe it's less than twice the amount of the Kindle. Yes, and the Nook, but uh, and it does way more than the Kindle or Nook do. So if you're in the market for something that does more than just displays books, and you don't really care about the battery life issue, uh, then the iPad wins out. So I think I think it'll probably take a bite out of ebook reader sales mm-hmm. but for people who are specifically looking for that e-reader experience i don't think that's going to dissuade them from buying a nook or a kindle okay three things yeah uh number one the the advantage that the ipad has as an ebook reader strictly as an ebook reader over the kindle and other e-ink screens is its color interface and people yes. who were who really actually need stuff like graphs charts um, color illustrations or really, really want that. You're yeah. not going to get that in the, anything with an e-ink interface. That's true. Um, of course, if you want to read, uh, a novel that doesn't require illustrations, the, you know, you're going to be using a lot of power to light that with a, an iPad where you wouldn't with a, a Kindle. The yep. Kindle's probably going to be the better bet. Um, number two, um, the Kindle as there, uh, Amazon has also started offering to open up the Kindle to third-party applications. That's true. And development. So there is a possibility that uh, Amazon is already anticipating Apple's move into this and, and starting to uh, to plan for their next move. It's going to have to be a limited suite of applications, though, just because the, the display technology isn't designed to show things like animation. Right. So it's going to have to be stuff that has lots of different static screens, really. Yeah, unless they have... Other plans. I think that we're going to see things like um, text-based adventures. Zork is making a big comeback. <laughs> Why not? Um, um, who knows? I don't uh, know. And then the third thing. Um, thing number you know, three. One, one thing that I saw people complain about, about the uh, iBooks thing, is that the cost of the books is going back up. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Amazon, uh, Amazon is – buying the books from the publishers and they're doing what they're doing with it. But Apple made a deal directly with the publishers, which is to the publisher's advantage. And now that, and and I think that's going to change the Kindle experience too, because their agreements, once these things settle in, now that it's public knowledge that Apple is working with these publishers, that's going to force Barnes and Noble and Amazon into a bit of a 
pricing struggle because possibly. I'm, well it'll depend okay, that's on the, true. It'll possibly depend there's on no how, there's no guarantee of that but i have the feeling it's going to put some pressure on them if, if the ipad is successful and i have no doubts that it will be but if the ipad is successful then it's gonna then the publishers will have the leverage because they'll say hey we can just move over here to this and then it'll become the standard and everybody will use that they can play apple off of everybody else but if no one buys the ipad or if the ipad is just kind of a uh you know it, it, if it gets some popularity but it doesn't hit the mainstream consciousness and if people aren't don't start buying books on the iPad then the publishers are stuck with a model where yeah they can price books the way they want and they get the deal the way they want but no one's buying the books so then they end up having to crawl back to Amazon or Barnes and Noble oh by the way publishers don't crawl yeah um well the they um, have people to do that for them yeah. Well, I'm also interested to see, I mean, since it's still early days yet, I'm interested to see if there's an iBooks app for the iPhone and iPod Touch. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Because I mean, uh, they've got the Kindle app for the iPhone. Yeah. So now you're wondering if that's going to, uh, you yeah. presume it would come to the iPad. One thing I wanted to point out that I thought was kind of cool, you mentioned it earlier about how yeah. being able to use iPod uh, applications on the iPad. It uh, has has two different modes. You can view it in a smaller window, so essentially you're looking at it as if it were on an iPod Touch or on an iPhone. Which I'm sure will be very strange. Or you can increase its size so that it's looking more natural on the iPad. It it doubles the pixels. Yeah, it's um, going to look blocky. Yeah, it's going to look a little blocky. The resolution's not going to be as good, but it does uh, it does increase the size so that you can view it in a in a larger frame. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but we had a question in that email. Okay. Jason Calacanis. Right. So what Calacanis did was he claimed that he got hold of the iPad early on. Mm -hmm. And in that claim, he said that the device had two cameras, an HDTV tuner, a thumb pad user interface on either side, had fingerprint recognition for uh, security measures. Um, it connected through other, to other devices through Wi-Fi, so you could have like a networked gaming session with a whole bunch of people. He said that the gaming would be huge. Um, said it had a solar pa- panel on the back to recharge, cause it only had like four hours worth of gaming life in it, but it, the solar panel had unprecedented charging capabilities. Really? Turns out he was just joking. I mean, it was all just a joke. And people have claimed otherwise, saying that it was a, a ploy for him to get lots and lots of Twitter followers, and that this was really, just kind of a dirty, underhanded way of trying to, to boost his popularity. Uh, I I don't know Mr. Calacanis personally. I have corresponded with him in the past, and I've listened to a lot of his uh, discussions on various shows. Uh, I'm fairly confident in saying that uh, that this was probably just a joke. It wasn't necessarily meant as a publicity stunt to get him his name over, because his publicity stunts are far more transparent. Uh, he has done them in the past by doing lots of giveaways and things like that. So, uh, Calacanis is not above doing that sort of thing. But I think, uh, I think in this case it was just him being silly. He was just trying to create the most ridiculously, uh, lavish tablet idea possible mm-hmm. and then see if anyone would, would buy it. And he gave people lots of outs, lots of clues that this was just a, a joke. And, uh, a lot of people bought it anyway. And then we're upset when they found out later that it wasn't true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't think this was, I, I don't think he broke any kind of code of ethics or unwritten code of the internet. The unwritten code of the internet's very serious. And if you break it, we will find you. But, uh, I don't the think internet he did court that. is still out on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we can't tell you what the rules are, but we can tell you, you don't want to break them. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think this was just a case of a joke gone kind of too far. Um, 
I mean, I read the original post and I was just like, I don't know how anyone necessarily believed this, except for the fact that after two years of waiting, you kind of believe anything. Yeah. So, um, well, that's that's our, our initial discussion of the iPad. Yeah. Of course, we have neither of us have had the chance to get one in our hands yet. Actually, very, very few people have at this point. And, uh, you know, people ask us all the time on Twitter and in email and on the blogs what we think is this means. And we can honestly, we can really only conjecture at this point. It's going to take yeah. some time before the public can really get their hands on it and I developers think, can develop for it. Some and, Apple stores might have some demo models yeah. out now, but hmm. uh I haven't tried to check it out yet just because it's been a crazy week. But uh, maybe when I get my hands on it, I will – maybe I'll get it. You know, maybe I'll, I'll see – and I think, the, I think it's really priced really, really aggressively for an Apple product. It really is. And so I think that's going to help it out a lot too. And as I said, there's probably a market out there that I just don't understand that will eat this up and maybe they'll use it forever. But I just see it as a flash in the pan ultimately. And there's, al- there's also an anti-Apple market, and they've been very vocal in saying it's just a piece of junk. Right. I, I so don't I, think it's a piece I of junk. I would like to at I least just, see it before yeah. I can tell for yeah. sure. And may, like I said, maybe when I hold you it, know. maybe I'll say, you know what? I was totally wrong. I, I want one, and I can see why yeah. I would use it. And that could still happen. Uh, so don't write me and say that I hate Apple. I don't hate Apple. <laughs> I I own Apple products, and uh, and and – I'm willing to be proven wrong, but the tablet format for me has never really made sense. And that goes beyond Apple. That I'm talking about across manufacturers. The only tablet-like device I've been tempted to get is the Lenovo U1 because it's also a netbook yes. or notebook. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't call it a netbook because Lenovo will say I broke one of those rules. Yeah. And then they'll send someone after no, me. No, that is a very nifty device, i got to admit. All right. Well, that wraps up our very long discussion about the iPad and leads us to a little more listener mail. This listener mail comes from Kate, and Kate says, Hey guys, I wanted to mention one of my favorite Easter eggs of days past. It's changed now, but a few years ago, you could type the word failure into Google and click I'm feeling lucky, and it would take you directly to the official whitehouse.gov bio of George W. Bush. It always made me giggle. Kate, the reason why I did this was to, to correct a little bit. Really? Uh, that's not an Easter egg. That's not an Easter egg? No, no. The way it worked was that people essentially gamed the system <laughs> so that when you typed in failure, the top the top link would come up as whitehouse.gov. And so people would click on that. Right. To make it a higher search rank. Or they would link to it. Uh, you know, that so it was it was not necessarily Google making a political statement. Uh when you click the I'm feeling lucky, it essentially takes you to the top the very search the, yeah, the top, top search, search result, result for whatever the term is. So that was not necessarily Google putting something into the uh, the algorithm specifically as a political statement. And it wasn't anybody messing with the White House website. Right. It was third-party people. I mean, I guess theoretically it could have been someone in Google who did it, but as far as I've read, no one is willing to cop to it. <laughs> so uh, it may just have been a bunch yeah. of people who very diligently worked so that – Failure would lead to that bio. Uh, so I, I don't think that necessarily counts as an Easter egg. So if you guys want to send us some comments, questions, you want to yell at me because you think I hate Apple, write us. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Check out our blogs. Check out our live show. Check out the website because we got tons of cool articles on there. Trust us, we'll have an iPad article up as soon as it is possible to do so. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. 
For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.